Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 26. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have a really fun guest with us here today by the name of Evan Younger, and he is a former corporate cubicle person like myself turned house flipper. And I love these people that have escaped the rat race, as Robert Kiyosaki calls it, and get out there and find a way to make a living and provide for their family while having fun and independence. So with that, welcome Evan to the podcast. Thank you, Holly. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited too. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being willing to share some of your secrets to success because so many people experienced and new love to hear how other people do it because why reinvent the wheel if you find something that's working? Well, first of all, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your background and what you did before you flipped houses and how you got into it? Okay, sure. I'm like everybody else. I graduated not knowing really what I even wanted to do. And like everybody at the time, it was, uh, I got into the mortgage industry because it was about 2004. And I did great in the mortgage industry for a while. But once 2008 rolled around in 2009, my income went down by like 90%. Mm. It, was, it was time to bail and figure something else out. Uh, and that's when I kind of started getting interested into real estate investing and house flipping. Awesome. So how did you, what, did you go to a seminar? Did you read a book or do you remember well, how it happened? On my lunch breaks, I would go into the parking structure and sit in my car and read real estate investing books. You know, I think it's so funny looking back on it. And I read in one of the books, you just have to put it out there to the universe, what you want to do. And that's kind of what I did. And I was lucky enough to have a friend who knew of a house flipper uh, and who was nice enough to take me under her wing and really teach me everything. Awesome. Would that be Miss Christie? It would be. It would All be. right. Yeah, you know, Christie's you know, you know, well. He is an amazing, inspirational person, and I, I think she might even be speaking soon. So if anybody has a chance to go see her, you, you really should. Um, I owe her quite a bit because she really did. She set me free from having to work in a cubicle to being able to basically live, you know, the life that I want to be able to live and uh, do a lot of the things that I want to be able to do. So, you know, uh, getting a mentor and finding somebody like that is really one of the biggest pieces of advice I can, I can, I can put out there. Awesome. Well, and you're obviously a quality driven wonderful person since she decided to eventually partner with you. She didn't only mentor you, you guys became partners, right? We did, we did. So she, she was nice enough to JV with me on my first deal. And then after that, we, about a year or so later, we became uh, full-time partners. And once we became partners, you know, it really became synergistic. We must have had five or six deals in our first month since I quit my J-O-B and escaped the cubicle, which I did in 2010, uh, in August, by the next month or two, we had five or six deals under contract. So, you know, partnering up with somebody who knows a lot more than you is always a pretty smart thing to do, you know. Um, and she had been doing it for a while. Uh, and she was just, you know, I really owe her a lot for bringing me under her wing and, and, and showing me everything. 
Awesome. Yeah, she's a great person. I'm going to be interviewing her at a future show too. So we'll get to hear about her start into house flipping too. Why don't you give our audience a little bit of a picture of what your life is like now? Like your family, you have children and what does your work day look like? Sure. I can even tell you. So like uh, I have two kids, two and four, both girls. I'm very busy. You know, I'm a family man. I don't even really like working weekends and stuff. So I try not to if I don't have to. Um, but this is a great business where once you start becoming, you know, relatively successful in it, your time kind of opens up. You can start living life the way you want to. So, you know, um, like today, for example, I came in, we worked on our direct marketing a little bit. We went, we met with a motivated seller. Then we went and picked up a check from a closed deal. So, you know, it was a, a great business. Now I'm here talking to all these wonderful people on a podcast. So today's a really good day, you know, for, for business. Um, but, you know, all my days are kind of like just random. Some days I, I can come into the office and be out of the office by noon. Some days I can just go to Disneyland and take a day off. And uh, some days I have to work 12 hours. So, you know, it's just the life of an entrepreneur, I guess. Well, that's really awesome when you can go to Disneyland on a weekday and avoid some of the lines. And what a fun thing. I remember going to Disneyland when my kids are little and it was magical. It wasn't so magical when they were 10 and 12 and after a while would say, I'm bored, mom. And, you know, how lucky though that my kids got to that point. They had so much Disneyland that it wasn't fun to them. Maybe I spoiled them. Who knows? <laughs> but I think that's wonderful to get to be with your kids. <laughs> Well, let us talk um, more about your business. Let's get some insights into that. Why don't you start by telling us about how you get your deals? How do I get, how does anybody get their deals, right? That's the, the question everyone wants to know, especially if you're in California, it's so tough to get deals. And you know, it is, it is tough. Some, a lot of people just so interested in turning something ugly into something beautiful, right? Everybody says that, but who wants to go out there and make 300 offers and, you know, get told 299 times uh, no. Um, but I get my offers all different ways. You know, um, a lot of people say that MLS is dead, but I've gotten a few deals this year off the MLS. You just have to be real persistent and, you know, make it like part of your daily routine to, or have somebody else make part of their daily routine for you to go through those deals and be looking constantly. So become the MLS we send out direct mail. Uh, we go to auctions, but it never works out at the auctions, really. Um, I have wholesalers who sell to me. Um, and that's pretty much the gist of it is wholesalers, MLS, direct marketing. I mean, that pretty much sums up where my deals come from. How much money do you spend per month on direct mail? You know, not that much. Maybe 1500 bucks. Okay. I've gotten four deals from that so far this year this year okay interesting yeah so where would you say you get the bulk of your deals is it um mls or networking i don't think there's something where it's just like super skewed and i'm getting like a, a 10 from the mls and four from direct marketing and you know six it's 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 pretty even across the board it's just how much energy are am i expelling into that particular you know, method at that time. Sometimes I'm going more crazy on the direct marketing than I am on making the MLS offers and versa. So, you know, I wish I could say that one was so much better than the other, but I just don't really see that there's just some dominant way to go out there and just to get way more deals. It's just kind of putting in as much effort as you can in several different areas. Do you do bandit signs? Have you, or do you do them now? 
don't. I never got into the bandit sign things. Um, you know, I, I find the bandit signs are almost a better way to find your wholesale, you know, folks <laughs> and, and stuff like that. It seems if you call a bandit sign, it's almost nearly always a wholesaler. Um, so that's more my philosophy with bandit signs, but I've, I've never done one. I don't want to deal with the code enforcement people. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be, uh, you know, clicking them up on the on the <laughs> the, the polls and stuff so right. i haven't tried that but i've heard of i i heard of a person putting up ten thousand bandit signs i'm not even sure if they produced a deal or not can you imagine wow. the time and effort it would take or the, or the cost i mean you have to purchase all those and i mean some people hand write them i can't imagine that Oh. Yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine. So I don't do that. I do the traditional stuff that everybody talks about. That's hard to do, but you know what? It can be done. You know, uh, people just need to really grind it out a little bit more and put in a lot, a lot of effort, and you'll get something eventually. But it's just not an easy thing to do. Right. Well, why don't you tell us um, about one of your success stories, one of your good deals? It could be this year or in a year gone by, but um, one that you're excited about. I know you got some good ones because I'm excited about the one you sold me recently, and I think that one's good, and that's the one you threw off. So you must have yeah, some really good yeah, ones. We're going to be neighbors, so we'll have to hang out because we, ha we have a deal right around the corner. So I'll just tell, tell you about that deal. Just okay. That deal is a deal I, uh, we bought. It was an MLS deal. Um, you know, we just, we were just in the right place at the right time on these MLS deals. It's not that I even know if we're the highest or best price or, or whatnot. Uh, but I think that we're pretty good on the phone and people trust us, especially after they meet us. So I think it's about building rapport. Um, but that deal is a deal we bought for 430,000 and it needs about 60,000 in work. And, uh, we're going to turn around and hopefully sell that for about 650. Sweet. So, yeah, and so you think six fifty? This is a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house we're talking about. That's seven hundred and thirty square feet. So to buy that for six hundred fifty thousand, you're thinking, oh my gosh, it must be like super amazing. But you know what? It's very average, uh, like neighborhood and everything. But um, a very good place to flip houses. Right. And for our listening audience, he's speaking of Los Angeles. Um, is the area and um, he lives in Southern California in Orange County as do I so yeah we're talking about the Southern California market that's where um, I'm assuming you do all your deals in Southern California is that right Everything I do is within about an hour hour and a half of where I drive I'm not going to drive two hours I don't do out-of-state deals I'm very simple in my business plan I'm basically a single-family house flipper and that's, a, that, that's like it, you know, I don't go and do units or other stuff. I own some rentals and things like that, but that's not what I'm, I focus my time and my energy. Got it. How many deals do you have going right now or how many flips from start to finish? One, one two, I'll count them. Three, if I count my one in escrow. Four, five, six. We have six going right now at some point and then a couple in escrow. Interesting. And um, tell us about what your team looks like. Do you have any people that work for you full time or is 
Yeah, part time count. Full time, but I do offer like I, I joint venture with people for like commission, essentially, like bird dogs, stuff like that. People can go out, find me deals, and I pay, you know, wholesale, things like that. Um, but I don't have a big staff of people. You know, I, I've had assistants over the years and whatnot, one employee, uh, but I don't have a giant team. Now, of course, I have escrow companies and title companies and lenders and private money people. So, of course, I have a giant team in that sense, but I don't own a corporation with, you know, 50 people under me, but that isn't to say I don't have a team because my escrow people and my lenders are absolutely, you know, my team and especially the people out there who are hunting for deals for me. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. Would you be willing to share with us like um, one of the biggest lessons you've learned um, from doing a deal? Oh, sure. I've learned some pretty big lessons. I got into bed with a bad contractor before. You know, on a six-figure rehab, and they ended up walking off the job halfway through. Um, so that was a really big problem. So, you know, um, they came highly referred. Everybody knew of this person, um, and I still used them, you know, because everybody said they were great. And then halfway through, they said, uh, you know, we're not going to work on your job anymore, so you're going to have to find somebody else to finish. And it turned into some giant fiasco, you know, oh. just the house you know, the project taking probably six months longer. And, you know, it was just a, a nightmare for something to go on like that. Because when a new contractor tries to take over an old contractor's work, they come in and they're like, no, all of this is garbage. It's got to go. Point, like, point, point. It's their fault. Yes. <laughs> and everybody says, oh, no, my work was great. And, you know, the other guy's saying, no, that's, it's not. And that's why you leave. So, you know, that was probably one of my bigger mistakes was not bidding that contractor quite enough and, you know, I still find it a hard way of how I could have, you know, maybe avoided it, but I'm sure if I would have done a little bit more due diligence, I probably could have so, or handled it better once I was in the midst of everything. But that was probably my biggest one, you know, screwing up with a contractor on a hundred thousand dollar rehab is, 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 is a tough one to get past when they walk off a job like that. But it was on a great year where it's like, even when I lost on, on a deal, I had enough other success going on where in the end, you know, okay, it was a learning lesson. Um, but it wasn't anything that kept me down or destroyed me. You know? Awesome. Well, and I think that leads into another point that clearly you operate this way. We haven't come out and said it, but you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You don't want to put all of your time, energy, and money into one deal. So you, if you've got six houses going on, I'm just going to throw some numbers out. These are not Evan's numbers, but if each house was like a $500,000 house and he had $3 million worth of projects going on, what if he had one house that had a $3 million value and something went wrong with that and held him up for six months? Oh my gosh, that would be so painful. So it's really important that you diversify your, your time, your energy, and your money because bad stuff happens. I had a horrible contractor thing too. When we're done recording this, I'm, we're going to have to trade stories, see if it's my same guy. <laughs> but yeah, you do your best. You always, and I think it's important too, you have a great attitude about it, not to beat yourself up about it and not to quit. Like you learn your lesson. You're like, I made the best decision I could with the information I had. I, I've learned, okay, maybe next time there's some other things I could do differently. And it's also great to be listening to podcasts and other people's stories and speakers to kind of learn from their mistakes and their advice. Sometimes it can save you, but you know, even 
us experienced people, we've both been doing this many years. I had big contractor issues in this year too. So you know, I heard Bruce Norris say it. I saw him last night speak. And, you know, we are fortunate enough to work enough in a business where you can make a lot of money in a month where if you do have a bad month and you, a mistake happens, if you hustle that next month, you can easily make it up. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah, I was there at Bruce's speech last night too. Bruce Norris is a local real estate guru. I call him our prophet that predicts the future. He's so awesome. And he talked about his personal experience where he had interest payments of, what was it, 21000 a month? Right. Exactly. On a project. And so he's like, well, I'm just going to go out and earn that much every month doing um, wholesale deals or flips. I'm like, not many people would say that, well, I've got a, a big nut to cover, so I'm just going to go out and make that money. And he did. And he. But if you have that attitude and you have the right attitude and you don't have the defeated victim attitude, then you can make it happen, you know? And that's why it's a great business to be in. If you have the common sense, these things aren't going to happen all the time, and you can definitely work through them. When Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Love it. All right. Would you share with our audience, please, about financing? Maybe how you started out with the financing, what you do now for financing, and then obviously you've alluded to joint ventures, how you now offer to other people you offer financing to them. So let's talk money. Money, money, money. Everybody, when you first start house oh my God, how am I going to get the money? Everybody's worried about where's the money going to come from. And like, once you've done like two or three flips, you're like, who cares? Who cares about the money? Like the money is the easiest part of the whole equation almost because a good deal. Well, if you go to a real estate investment club with a good deal, it'll just fund itself. It'll probably have people in a bidding war. So when I first started and I first started with Christy, we had that first month where we got all these deals under contract. We had no idea how we were going to pay for them. Right. So I put on my nicest suit and I went to a real estate investment club called Phoebe and Long Beach for investors by investors. I'm sure you've heard of it. They have lots of chapters. And I met someone there. They wear nice little stickers on their shirt. Some for what, what you're looking for. Some people have uh, stickers that say, I have deals. Some people wear stickers say, I want deals. Some people wear stickers that say, I have money. Some people wear stickers say, I need money. So I was looking for the people who had the had money, I have money stickers. And I saw a guy with it and I went up to him and I introduced myself. I said, my name's Evan and I have these flips and I see you have money to lend. You know, would you be interested in lending? So we set up a meeting the next day at Panera and he met with me and he ended up funding all three of the deals that I presented to him right there on the spot. Wow. But he committed to them and he ended up coming through funding them. And that was my first real private money relationship. And so from then on, I, I, I used him quite a bit until I found somebody who offered me just a little bit cheaper and then just a little bit cheaper. And then it's a little bit cheaper until you just draw a line in the sand where you're like, you know, I'm just not going to pay that much anymore because you realize it's, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money who are willing to lend it to, to house flippers. Especially in this market, there's more money than deals. So um, for people that might be newer in this game, money used to cost us more. The whole flipping loans, hard money loans often were, I'm thinking like the Norris group was 12 and a half percent and three and a half points where now it's more commonly from them and other places around the 10% mark and two points. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you've seen. It differs from state to state, right? In California, it's so competitive that the rates and the pricing's a lot better where I'm sure if you go to other states, it's, it's going to be in that 12 and three range like you're talking about. Right now, I think if you're an investor who has a little bit of time and patience, like you could almost draw a line in the sand and say like 10 and two and I'm not going over it, 
or I'm just going to keep shopping or something, you know, and just see what's out there and, and who you feel comfortable with because there's a lot of good companies to choose from. Yeah, and certainly the more experience you have, if it's your first deal, I think they might laugh at you if you said that. But after you have a few under your belt, or if you have a partner, a JV partner, like Evan behind you that, with a great track record, then the lender would be like, okay, I know this team knows what they're doing. Yeah, I'll lend that money all day long. You know, the great thing about even the situation that I'm talking about, I'm just talking about a person who's a private money lender. It's not even a company. Like, they don't, Got run, it. They don't run my credit they're not looking at like my income or anything like that they look at the house I think they look at me in the suit yeah I was still talking about companies which yeah. you know they have limits to what they can and can't do those lenders but private money yeah absolutely I mean I was just talking to someone at the gym this lady she's like yeah I have five hundred thousand dollars and it's sitting in the bank that you know it's my from an inheritance, and I really don't know what to do with it. Let me tell you how to use the money is, Holly, okay? So this guy funded, he funded 90% of my deal, which I thought was great, but I still have to come up with 10% plus 30 grand for a rehab. So I still needed like 50 grand, basically, right? So I'm like, where am I gonna get this money? So my wife was in a bunco group. She held a bunco group at her house. So she just told people at the bunco group, and one of the bunco ladies ended up giving me the other 50. I play Bunko too for that very reason. It's networking. That's my secret for all you people out there. Start going to Bunko groups because they got money to lend. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Yes, I, I tell my family I'm going to Bunko, but really it's networking. It's not all just about me having fun. <laughs> Here's a good like little tip for new people out there. When you when you want to find money to lend, the people who are dentists and teachers and in your wife's Bunko group are going to give you better deals than the investors or hard money companies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you put it out there to the people, you'll get so much like response back. You, you wouldn't normally like probably have guessed it. You know, I would never have guessed somebody in my wife's uncle group would lend me 50 grand or. Right. You right. know, it's all sorts of people like that, you know, NASA scientists of Bunko group people. So. Well, the buy-in at Bunko, at my Bunko group, is five bucks. So you, it's not like we're playing Bunko with 50 grand. So yeah, but let's talk briefly about the languaging you would use. So I'm going to do the wrong way, and then you can tell the audience the right way of what you would do. So if I have my Bunko group and I say, oh my gosh, I have this deal, but I have no money. I, I am so desperate. I have to have 50 grand in a week or I'm going to lose this deal. I need 50 grand. Oh, do you guys know anyone that has that? Okay, so that's the wrong way. What, what is the right way that you would say it? Well, obviously, you got to speak with confidence and like you've been doing it your whole life and there's not a care in the world. You know, essentially, you need to be confident in yourself and your product or you probably shouldn't be borrowing the money. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a good enough deal where somebody should just listen to it and be like, wow, that really makes sense. Why haven't I heard of this before? You know, so instead of saying something like that, you should say, you guys wouldn't believe this amazing deal I have. You know, I have this deal. I'm going to make money. It's going to produce such great money and I actually have space in it if somebody wanted to come in you know and to get a piece of it you know so we could kind of throw it out maybe like that you know it's all yeah. about your presentation and how you're presenting yourself you know I 
I don't wear suits ever, but I wore a suit that one. It's probably the last time I wore a suit was that day. I never wear suits, but it's all about the perception that you're giving, you know, that person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've shared with people too, when I've met people that need money and like there was one time it was someone that was looking for an investor in their um, business. So it wasn't real estate. And she was like nervous and feeling desperate. I said, you're giving someone an opportunity to earn a great return. So you present, I say, Hey, I have a great opportunity. If you'd like to hear about it, where you could earn 8%, 10% or whatever, and you can way out earn what you're doing in the bank. And it's much more predictable than the stock market. And it's got collateral, you know, like you can speak to all that. It's real, right? When you first tell them about it and then they're so hesitant on that first deal. And by the second deal, they're like not quite as hesitant. And then by the third deal, all of a sudden now they have a hundred thousand instead of 50,000. Right. I'm sure you've seen that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even some of my smaller investors, they love it so much. I've got a guy with a hundred grand. He's like, can I give you 5,000 more? Cause they just want to maximize that earning potential on, on everything they've got. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. For um, selling, do you have a real estate license or do you work through realtors? No, I, I have a real estate license and I got my real estate. I'm, there's two sorts of realtors out there and investors, right? There's the ones who started out as investors, then got their real estate license. And there's people who have their real estate license and, and then became investors. So I'm the first one where I was an investor and I was like, why am I paying a realtor so much money? Seriously, I put on the MLS and that's it. And that cost me like 30 grand. So I was like, I'm going to get my license and see how it is. And, and true enough, and I hope no realtors get mad at me, but if you're to look at the whole process of flipping a house from the pro getting the house, the acquisitions, to the contract work, uh, to the getting the money, to listing the house, the easiest thing in my opinion is the listing the house. You put it on, price, on the MLS, that is 99% of the work. So I... With that, I, I do list my house, right? Save money if I can. But very often, I give the I have to give a listing back every so often to pay the favor back, usually to the person who got the deal for me. Because it's a relationship business, and you got to keep it going. So, I'd like to save the money, but then that person might not bring me the deal the next time. So, interesting strategy, and that's a strategy I've employed too. I think I bought my last hundred houses, except for maybe five that I bought through wholesalers at Prime's 95 worth of realtors. So it was, I'll relist it with you if you bring me a deal. And then a couple of them have brought me 10 deals. So keep the machines going. to make work though, because there's just not that much margin where you can't just like, I wish I could just give you the listing and pay you 5,000 and you 10, but there's just not, you know, how much skin, how much meat is there on the bone, right? So Exactly. Yeah, so I got my license for the same reason. And it was after I started buying things from wholesalers a couple of years ago. I'm like, hmm, that's way too much money to leave on the table. When it was the 1.3 million ARV, that was the trigger for me. Like, that's way too much commission to give away. I'll go take the darn test. So I did. <laughs> All right, well, we're just about out of time here. Um, but I'd love for you to share kind of what your best advice is or why don't we throw one out for someone that's brand new and then for someone that's maybe experienced. So what's your best advice for a brand new person? 
uh, the brand new person one's kind of easy and it's just don't go into the analysis paralysis. You have to take action. You have to get out there. You have to make offers and you don't need to have everything set up before you do it. You don't have to have the right LLC and the right lender and the right realtor and know who your contractor is. Cause you'll just never, you'll never get started. Like just start making offers, get something under contract and the machine will start to build itself if, if you're if you're if you're doing things right so that's what i would say to the beginners is just get out there and start doing it and the rest will figure itself out as you go awesome i love it and what about maybe someone that's been doing it a few years that might be one of your more okay so somebody who's been at it for a few years um because you have your ups and your downs you have some fantastic years and some not so good years um and what i find seems to be the big difference is people you know, and occasionally you're, you're doing deals with some people and those people go away and then you're doing deals. So you just have to really leverage more people. You know, that's what it's about. If you think that you're going to be just awesome, like just you all by yourself, cutting from the last, it's going to be a huge challenge. So I would say get some more like-minded people who are just like you around you to help bring on the hunt and build the synergy, you know. Definitely. So, so that's um, building your team for sure. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I appreciate you sharing your insights and your successful deal story, inspiring everyone. And thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Holly. Good luck, everyone. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.